Will five-star quarterback Nico Iamaliava win the Tennessee starting job? And will he become a star this year with Joe Milton still on the roster? That's an overreaction if you think so. I'll tell you why. That and some more around the SEC here on a Thursday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome into it. This is your Thursday edition. It's Locked On Balls, and I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys being here. Shout out every day, or you guys are the best. You can always find me at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. We're going to react to a lot of things here on today's show. Of course, I like to uh, generate some content. I like to generate some reaction and engagement with you guys a lot, but a lot of times, especially during the offseason, I like to you know take what colleagues of mine have to say, take what you know national pundits have to say, and I like to react to it and see if I agree with that take or I disagree with that take. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to be doing here on, on today's show. Barrett Silly over at CBS Sports, he did post-spring overreactions in the SEC. Wrote a column. He, he had 14 schools that he lists there from the SEC, and he, t- he had a take on there, an overreaction uh, based on what he saw from spring practice. What's it say about Tennessee and some of the other SEC foes? Uh, that's going to be a fun topic. We're going to get into that here in segment one and two. And according to a report from Sports Illustrated, the Big 12 is contemplating, experimenting with its TV broadcast. What does that mean and why that is such a stupid idea? That's coming up in segment three as well uh, here on your Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Uh, we're a part of Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. And I appreciate you guys for liking and subscribing to the Lockdown Balls YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. So what's the overreaction Barrett Salee has for Tennessee? Well, it's what I said in the cold open. Nico Iamaliava will win the battle for starting quarterback and become a star. And that is an overreaction. And, and that, that let's be frank, that, that's super easy, right? What is the biggest storyline coming into Tennessee, you know, spring practice and fall camp this year, right? It's replacing Hendon Hooker. Who did Tennessee bring in this past recruiting class? The number one player in the country, Nico Iamaliava. What position does Nico play? It is quarterback. It's an easy, easy content-generated topic that people are going to engage with. Hence, look at me right now. So I understand where Barrett's, you know, was coming, um, you know, with that. Uh, Barrett Salia versus CBS Sports, but. Nico, in my opinion, right now is not going to win the starting quarterback job. I think he knows his role, and it's not like he's not competing. It's not like he doesn't want to play, but I think he's got a good head on his shoulder. You know, he's coming in here knowing what his role on the team is right now. It is to help Joe, prepare Joe to go out there and compete, to be QB1, to learn, to soak up all the information he possibly can, to practice hard, to get better and better and better, understand the offense, get better with the tempo, and prove himself because when Joe leaves, it's going to be his show and also be a sounding board for Joe. You know, when he comes off the sideline, hey, what did you see right there? Hey, I saw the defensive end doing this. Look at the high safety when he shaded over here, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, that, I mean, he's he said that to us when he, when he met with the media in spring practice. And I thought that was a very smart, mature answer. That does not mean that Nico doesn't want to play. That does not mean that Nico is not competitive. He's going to go out there and bust his tail and try to win that job. But he knows that's kind of where you are right now. And that is okay. As a true freshman, that is okay, especially when you have someone already here in Joe Milton who has experience and who is going to be a third-year player in the system. It makes sense. 
Those two guys will go at it. They'll battle. They'll battle. But I believe, and everybody around the program right now believes, hey, this is Joe Milton's team. This is Joe Milton's time. Will there come a time during the season when, if he's not playing well, maybe there's a switch? Maybe. You know, we'll see. But um, I, I do think that's very much an overreaction because I don't believe Nico is going to, quote-unquote, win the starting job right now. It's not a competition. I know what Joey Halsley said at the Orange Bowl practices in Miami back in December. I get it. You got to say it. There's not a competition. Um, the second part of that, he will become a star. I wholeheartedly do believe that. Uh, but I just think that that's on down the road in, in years two and three here at Tennessee for him. Uh, and then maybe off to the NFL, maybe he plays a fourth season. I don't know. You know, We'll have to see. There's a lot to be determined in that regard. And, hey, that's up to him. Do you agree with that? Would that be a properly rated overreaction? I would say, yeah, properly rated. That is very much an overreaction. Uh, let's go through some of the other overreactions from around the SEC, and then we'll get into some more of the uh, prominent teams in segment two of the show. This is from Barrett Salee, CBS Sports. These are meant for overreactions. That means he does not believe this might happen. This is just kind of an overreaction from seeing a small snippet of a player from a spring game and not having been there the other 14 practices, right? It's an overreaction. His overreaction for Texas A&M, Bobby Petrino will get let, let go during the season. Boy, I hope so, don't you? Wouldn't that be fun? Don't you root for chaos? I, You know, as bad as it was here on Knoxville when the sky was falling and everything, you know, back during the 2017 search and, and during January of 2021 and all that type of stuff and all the jokes and, you know, Tennessee being the punching bag, the national punching bag and all that, if you were a fan of another fan base, especially a rival fan base, you're sitting here laughing and enjoying it, right? So don't even act like you wouldn't enjoy if, if Bobby Petrino got let go midseason because Jimbo Fisher hiring him to be his offensive coordinator, hiring him to call plays, yeah, right. That is going to be an absolute disaster. So I don't think this is an overreaction at all, right? I mean, maybe he doesn't get fired midseason. Maybe it's after the season, but that ain't going to work. That is not going to work whatsoever. So I think that is underrated as being an overreaction that Bobby Petrino will be let go during the season, the new offensive coordinator for Texas A&M. Here we go. South Carolina, Spencer Rattler will win the Heisman Trophy. I think that's an overreaction. So I would say that is properly rated. Spencer Rattler has all the ability in the world, right? You saw in the 2020 season. Where did it go in 2021? Where did it go for all of 2022 except against the Tennessee Volunteers and the Clemson Tigers? Two games, Spencer Rattler looked like the old Spencer Rattler. If he was like that consistently throughout the entire season, then maybe I can buy into this a little bit more. Having said that, if you're South Carolina, you feel good about your quarterback situation going into this season. You really do. Um, you know, We actually talked about this in the Volquest podcast on, on Thursday. Um, I, I might have Kentucky ahead of South Carolina, but really it's a give or take on who would be third in the SEC East pecking order entering the season, in my opinion. And if you said South Carolina's third behind Tennessee and Georgia, I would be like, okay, that makes complete sense. If you would say Kentucky, I would say, okay, that makes sense as well. Uh, but Heisman, please sit back. I mean, he was he was making throws. <laughs> he was making throws against Tennessee that night that he has never made in his life. But again, I think he is one of the better options in the SEC right now entering the season. I do. Overreaction for Ole Miss. Uncertainty at quarterback will tear the Rebels apart. Uh, yeah. I mean, the self-proclaimed portal king. I mean especially the quarterback position, like it's a band-aid, right? You can't survive off the, the transfer portal. You can supplement. That can't be your main, you know, revenue source or that can't be your main, you know, food source, right? Uh, it's just, you got to be able to grow, grow crops. You can't just go out and catch fish all the time, right? I mean, it's, 
It, it just is what it does. It is. I mean, yeah, Jackson Dart, sure, he flashed at times, but he was not he was not everything Lane Kiffin wanted him to be, but he's still there. You go out and get uh, Spencer Sanders and, and Walker Howard all in the same offseason to, comp- to compete with Jackson Dart. I think he'd be smart. He is taking Spencer Sanders and saying, all right, you're my guy. I went and got you for a reason. We're going to ride this out. You are my guy no matter what. If you do that, then maybe you don't fall apart. But if you're wishy-washy and flipping around quarterbacks and everything, I mean, what type of that message does that send to them and then to the rest of the team? Lane Kiffin's playing with fire trying to go after all these quarterbacks. Um, so I think that that is properly rated. Uncertainty of quarterbacks will tear the Rebels apart. Overreactions from Barrett Salee. We'll do one more, and then we will jump into segment two with some of the other overreactions and kind of tying that back to the University of Tennessee. This is for Missouri. Wide receiver Luther Brown III will win the Bolitnikoff Award. That is 100% properly rated. That is that is an overreaction. Overreaction. Why? Because who the heck is going to throw in the football? That's worth a dang, right? Somebody got after me in the Monday Night Chat a couple of weeks ago saying, obviously, you don't do your research on Missouri. Nobody goes to the games. Nobody cares. Um, it's not a tough place to play. I do not think it's going to be a difficult game for Tennessee this year. Um, the last two years, Tennessee has absolutely rolled them up. I understand Tennessee's losing a lot of talent and everything, um, but I just I think Josh Heupel's got Missouri's number. I truly do. Luther Burden is a good player, former five-star prospect, right? I mean, he's a good player, but unless you have a competent quarterback or an above-average quarterback that can get him the ball in key situations, especially down the field, I don't think you're going to win a Bolitnikoff award. I mean, it takes two to tango, right? You know, Jalen Hyatt had Hendon Hooker. Uh, you had Jordan Addison had Kenny Pickett. I mean, I, it takes two to tango, and I just I believe that is a properly rated overreaction 100%. What are some other overreactions from the story from Barrett Salee put out at CBS Sports uh, a couple days ago, and how does it relate to the University of Tennessee? We'll discuss when Locked On Balls returns. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you try you need to try something that's good for you and tastes good as well. That is a built bar. If you're like me, swimsuit season's right around the corner. You don't want to sacrifice taste for eating healthier. Built Bar can solve both of those problems. They taste amazing because they have 100% real chocolates. That is right, real chocolates. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how they do it, but it's healthy for you. Um, why is it healthy for you? Well, you got 17 grams of protein stuffed in that Bill Bar, only 4 grams of sugar, only 130 calories. And now you don't need to wait around uh, for a box by ordering at Built.com anymore. You still can, especially specialty flavors at Built.com. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and buy your Built Bar or Puffs there as well. So go try it out today. Get your specialty flavors at Built.com or... Go to your local Walmart or Sam Club, Sam's Club to get your Built Bars. That's Built Bars. Good stuff for you. Taste even better. All right, everybody. Welcome back into it. This is your Thursday edition, segment number two of Locked On Vols with Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys being here. Shout out every dayers. We'll get you set for Tennessee baseball tomorrow. Uh, some, some other news on the University of Tennessee looking ahead to the 2023 football season. That's what you have to look forward to. Always talking football, Tennessee football, and college football right here on Lockdown Ball. So we went through one, two, three, four, five, six teams. Uh, well, we didn't really do Vanderbilt. Uh, Barrett Salia, CBS Sports, he put out a, st- uh, a story a couple days ago saying overreactions from the SEC leaving spring practice. Um, his overreaction from Vanderbilt was the Commodores defense will finish top half of the SEC. Uh, we'll see because there was only one pass defense that was worse than Tennessee's in the SEC last year. 
and that was of the Vanderbilt Commodore. So can you get better? We'll see. Uh, let's go to Mississippi State. Going to save some of those big-time programs for the very end here. Uh, Mississippi State defense will be the identity of the Bulldogs. Is that really that big of an overreaction? I don't think so. Mike Leach, he's no longer with us. Super, super sad. Um, you're, you promoted Zach Arnett, who was your defensive coordinator, to be head coach in the midst of that tragedy. Um, you're changing, to my understanding, I believe you're changing offensive philosophies. Sure, Will Rogers is returning. Um, how successful can he be in this new look offense, and how different will it look? I, I don't know. I don't have the answers to those questions. Um, but you're going to have a good quarterback in Will Rogers regardless. But you, you your defensive coordinator is now your head coach. Um, I, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if there's a whole lot more defensive-minded decisions in that program now with Zach Arnett being the head coach. So I would say that's underrated. I think that is underrated as an overreaction. Defense will be the identity of the Bulldogs. Maybe not in year one, but years two and three, I think that'll be the case. Um, let's go, let's knock, let's knock a couple of these teams out of the way real quick. Um, Arkansas, the Razorbacks will lead the nation in total offense. Ah, pass. Raheem Sanders, a running back. Sure. KJ Jefferson, can you stay healthy all season? Um, I will pass on that. That is 100% an overreaction. Auburn, Hugh Freeze will develop a quarterback who contends for a Heisman Trophy this year in 2023 pass that is such an overreaction for sure um 100 that's an overreaction which means barrett is doing a good column here uh robbie ashford i do not believe that he's going to be contending for any type of heisman trophy i'm call me crazy i just i don't think that that's going to be the case for robbie ashford this year yes you've done it in years past but in year one please that is not going to happen um let's go to florida here billy napier shows that he isn't the answer Ooh, that might be underrated, folks. There is just this love, this love factor with Billy Napier, and it's all every offseason, and this program gets this coach, this program goes from here, takes a chance on a group of five coach coming up to the big boy power fives. Billy Napier was a great group of five coach. Billy Napier had success, and I'm not doubting that Billy Napier isn't a good coach. I think he, I think he's shown that throughout his track record. However... I do not think Florida is going to be good this year. It's going to be a huge game for Tennessee. Week three down in the swamp. I think Tennessee is a much better football team, um, even with a new quarterback. However, Tennessee doesn't win in the swamp. It's going to be a challenging game, but I don't think George, I don't think Florida's that good. I mean, what in the world do you got a quarterback right now? You got Graham Mertz, Jack Miller the third potentially. Um, you lost a lot of talent to the NFL draft. I think Florida is going to be down this year. And if Florida is down this year, coming off a mediocre year one, you weren't supposed to have all the answers in year one. But if Florida is down, and, and quarterback of the future, uh, Jaden Rashada left, if you have a bad year this year, I mean, his job is on the line in year three. So Billy Napier shows that he isn't the answer. That very well could be an underrated overreaction because he could show this year that he's not the answer. Um, I, I like that one. I like that one an awful lot. And then we'll do Kentucky and save the big three for last, um, outside of Tennessee, of course. Devin Leary will prove that he's a top 10 pick. Well, that's properly rated. I mean, I I don't think that that's a severe overreaction. That's kind of where he was picked, That kind of where he was mocked and thought of before this past season. He was really, really good in 2021 at NC State. He's had a really good career at NC State. And you're pairing him with an offensive coordinator from the National Football League, Liam Colm, coming back to Kentucky. 
Um, I like some weapons and Barry on Brown and, and, and uh, what I about said, Tyree key, Dane key. Um, can they get a consistent run game? I don't know. You're replacing an awful lot in that backfield. You know, Mark Stoops is going to recruit the line of scrimmage, you know, blockers and tacklers on the offense and defensive line. That's not a bad take right there. It's not a bad take. We'll see. I think Kentucky, all the talk about Will Levis the last two years, I think it was premature one transfer quarterback. I think that's going to be about uh, Devin Leary. So uh, we'll see. That's going to be a big-time challenge for Tennessee at Kroger Field later in the season. I'm super excited about that game. I think it's going to be some good football and two different styles of football as well. All right, let's go LSU here, our last three. And remember, Tennessee's overreaction, if you miss it, that's how I let off the show. Nico Iamaliava will win the battle for starting quarterback and become a star. I think he'll become a star, but I'm not going to say that's happening right now, right? I'm not going to say that's happening right now. I think this is Joe Milton's team. Uh, for LSU, Tennessee does not have LSU on the schedule this year unless it wins or unless it goes to the national championship. The Tigers will win a national title. What? LSU winning a national championship this year exceeded expectations in year one. Really impressed with Jaden Daniels. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. I do. But are they winning a national championship? Is this a super serious overreaction? I would say it is. I don't think they're winning a, a championship. I think they'll be pressing potentially to get in the college football playoffs. I think if it was a 12-team college football playoff, they would be in. But a national champion? I don't know. I think that that is, I think right now that is an overreaction, which again is mission accomplished from Barrett Salee. Uh, let's end here with Georgia and Alabama. We'll go with Georgia. Well, let's leave the let's leave the champions to last. Pains you to say it, right? Um, Alabama. The lack of a star quarterback will lead to fewer than ten wins. Guys, let's let's remember here. Alabama just signed its best recruiting class ever under Nick Saban. Just now, the roster is still so good. You don't have a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback there in Bryce Young anymore. Understand that. I get it. You don't have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft there anymore in Bryce Bryce Young. I get it. I understand that. And and quarterbacks can be the difference in winning big-time games on big-time stages. I get that. But, I mean... You know the the foundation of your football team is 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 the roster and the quality of depth, and Alabama has that. Now, can Alabama win ten games with Ty Simpson? Can Alabama win ten games with Jalen Milrow? Is Tyler Buckner going to be the starting quarterback reuniting with Tommy Reese from Notre Dame? I don't know the answer to that. I don't think Alabama's going to be great at, at quarterback this year. And, and Brent Hubbs has said it a couple times this year, and I echo that because again, I I watched a lot of Alabama football this year. Because uh, they're always on, right? Um, Alabama would have won maybe seven, eight games if it wasn't for Bryce Young this year. No joke. No joke. I mean, he's that good. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that's a really good one. I think that that is underrated. Having said all that, Alabama is still going to be a really good team. They're not going anywhere from being a power anytime soon, in my opinion. But they don't have a quarterback. And they don't have a quarter. Well, they they got young quarterbacks on the roster, but they don't have a quarterback for 2023. That that that's you know that, that it's an opportunity for Tennessee for sure. That game's gonna be in Tuscaloosa. But again, that roster is still so good. So I don't think Alabama's gonna be bad, but I do think the lack of a quarterback uh can hurt them this year. So I think that's underrated a little bit as uh, the take being a lack of a star quarterback will lead to fewer than 10 wins. All right, last one. We will go to Georgia. 
the Bulldogs dynasty will be put on pause. That is not an overreaction. That is properly rated because how often do teams go back to back? How often do teams go back to back to back? Good trivia question. I have to look that up. Um, not very often. Not very often at all. When is the last time somebody three-peated? I don't know. I will look that up. So the, the odds are always against you. The field is always stacked against you. That's just how odds work. Georgia could not win a national championship this year, still win the SEC, still be the number one team, book in to book in, losing the playoffs, and, and this, this would not be an overreaction. So I do not believe this is an overreaction at all. Again, I do not believe this is an overreaction at all because no one is ever a slam dunk pick to win a national title, ever. Um, they got to figure out who the quarterback is. I think it's going to be Carson Beck. I do. But like Alabama, the roster, the foundation, the building blocks, brick by brick, right? It's all there for Georgia. That's what happens when you recruit blue chippers after blue chippers after blue chippers for years upon years upon years. They stack up. And that's where Alabama and Florida, or that's where Alabama and Georgia are right now. And that is where Tennessee is trying to get. They took a great step, a great step in year two with Josh Heupel. Recruited well, recruited positions of need, in my opinion. They've added from the transfer portal. Can Tennessee stack another year on top of what they did last year? Can you get nine wins in the regular season, pick up a 10th win in the bowl game? Can you get a New Year's Six bowl game again by winning 10 regular season games? We will find out. Um, love this piece from Barrett Salee at CBS Sports. He does it every single year, and I absolutely love it. Overreactions, one for each SEC team leaving spring practice. What say you? All right, let's go. Uh, let's go into segment three here. A report from SI. Would you like modernizing modernizing TV broadcasts and football games? What does that mean, and why it's stupid? I'll tell you that coming up right here on Locked On Balls. All right, guys, final segment left here of this Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here. And hey, if you're listening right now and you have a YouTube account and you're not subscribed to the channel, I know you might not watch podcast or anything and might not think anything of it uh, i mean that's how i was before i started doing youtube uh please just go and subscribe to the channel uh, you don't have to watch but it it, it helps so much so uh, please do that uh, would mean an awful lot to me help the show continue to grow uh, but more than anything thank you for following along every dayers and uh, for listening wherever you get this podcast all right sports illustrated came out with a report earlier this week big 12 looking to modernize TV broadcasts with in-game interviews, expanded locker room access per report. What's this mean? Have you ever watched the XFL? <coughs> Excuse me. I haven't watched much of it. I love football. Uh, you know, they've tried this minor league football crap for years now, uh, you know, the last couple of years. And I always say, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to pick a team. I'm going to watch. I'm, I'm too busy. Or I don't want to spend my weekends, you know, doing sports when sports is my life. Um, I have not watched much of the USFL or the the XFL. Watched a little bit of AAF back in 2020, I'm not going to lie. Um, but um, they, they do stuff like this. Why? Because the audience isn't there. They're trying to attract a younger, younger generation. They're trying to attract a specific demographic, and that stuff appeals to them. Um, I'm that demographic they're probably trying to appeal to. To me, that's stupid. Let me see football. Shut up and let me see football. Um, when I'm watching Tennessee and Georgia, when I'm watching Tennessee and Alabama, when I'm watching LSU and Alabama, when I'm watching the Iron Bowl, when I'm watching the Egg Bowl, when I'm watching the largest cocktail party, when I'm watching any Tennessee game, I mean, first of all, like I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm covering the game, but I don't want to see all this hoopla. I, I don't. Uh, you know, if, if you're a fan and you're watching this podcast and you're supporting Lockdown Vols, 
chances are you're that type of fan that yells at the TV. You're that type of fan that, that paces back and forth because you get nervous during games, right? Uh, could you imagine them doing a coach's mic'd up segment in the middle of that? Could you imagine them trying to talk to a coach down on the sideline during the middle of that? Ain't got time for that. Ain't got time for that at all. That's just kind of my views on it. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at this through the lens of a fan. Now, if I'm watching a Big 12 football game and it's, you know, Oklahoma State taking on, you know, Baylor or whatever, and they're doing that crap. Sure, that's neat. I don't care. I have no interest in that. And I know that's what the networks are looking at because I can watch that game here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it being 13 hours away from me, and I don't care. I get it. So I understand. It's just a, an interesting way to bump some revenues. What does this look like? Well, I've already mentioned a couple of them. In-game interviews, expanded locker room access, uh, whatever that means, right? <laughs> um, coaches mic'd up. You know who will hate this? <laughs> coaches. You know who will say, hell no, I don't want to wear a microphone? Coaches. You know what you don't want broadcast on national television? A coach during a football game. I mean, come on, guys. Let's use our brains here. Like, like, wh like what, what are we doing here? I mean, co you know, coaches, a lot of them don't have the the cleanest mouths, especially in a football game. You don't want to hear that. That's not suitable for uh, broadcast television. It's not suitable for radio. I know those rules. I was in radio for five years. Um, it just kind of is what it is. Have that dump button ready, baby. Have that dump button ready because you are going to need it. You know who doesn't want to be interviewed during the middle of the game is a head football coach. I mean, they do it in basketball, walking off to the sidelines and all that type of stuff, and that's annoying as it is. But could you imagine Josh Heupel trying to call a play on? I know Halsley will call plays potentially, but you know Heupel trying to call a play on second and five, they're running that tempo, and oh, Josh, it's time for your interview. I'm sure coaches will have certain parts of the game where they say, "Hey, you cannot come to me and, and request an interview." And a lot of this is probably pre-planned, right? Like every single game that's on the SEC network or ESPN or whatever baseball, college baseball game. Like in the in the top of the fourth inning or whatever, like Tony Vitello is going to talk. That's pre-planned. Baseball is a little bit different. You're sitting around. It's a slower sport. Um, but could you imagine Josh Heupel in the middle of coaching up things and say Tennessee's defense is on the field? You don't think Josh Heupel's not coaching? Then he's talking to his guys <coughs> on the sideline, talking to his quarterbacks. I mean, he's getting after it. I just think that's so stupid. Uh, I think that is uh, not a, not a good idea whatsoever. Is this an all-star game? Is this a Pro Bowl? Um, no, it's not. It is a regular season Saturday. Okay. And that makes no sense to me. This is the conversation going on the big 12, um, uh, spring meetings, you know, how Tennessee or the sec has spring meetings in Destin at the end of uh, May, every single year. Well, the big 12, they had their spring meetings. I want to say a couple of weeks ago and big 12 coaches, big 12 administrators, uh, they were discussing possibilities, what this could look like. Also, here's one thing as well. You're doing all this stuff. <clears throat> excuse me, does it, <clears throat> I got a tickle in my throat, you know I'm worked up, does this slow the game down? Because if it does, you better get that out of here. Because we're doing all this stuff, we're changing the rules, we're not stopping clocks, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're pitch clocking this and pitch clocking that, gotta have a, bat, uh, a foot in the batter's box because we gotta speed up the game and all this type of stuff. If this slows down the game, get real. That will piss me off. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, this is the Big 12. This is not the SEC, to my knowledge, has not said, hey, we're discussing this. The NCAA, as an umbrella, has not said we're discussing this. ESPN has not said we're discussing this. This is the Big 12. They're going over this at Big 12 spring meetings. Um, wh what would you think? I'm obviously totally against it. Um, if it is for a game, 
Now, again, if this is any other, if this is team A playing team B and I have no dog in the fight, sure, that's fine. But if I'm a fan of the University of Tennessee and they're doing this crap during the middle of my game, I don't want that. Let the social media teams for the University of Tennessee handle that on a Sunday and on a Monday. Let them mic up the coaches. They can wear it all game long. Let them go back through and pilfer through audio and video. And when they see something that is suitable for social media, laughable, I know, right? When they find something that is suitable, let them cut that, publish that, render that, and set it out. It's what they already do, and they do a great job with it. Um, a new commissioner, Brett Yormack, is is really getting after it. Not only is he talking about this, he wants to have football and men's and women's basketball games played in Mexico by 2024. I mean, like, what? what is this professional sports? A lot of people are saying, but name, image, alignment in the transfer portal. Yeah, it is. Is this professional sports? Are we not still amateurs here? <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, sorry. I keep coughing. Uh, this is like the fourth on-camera hit I've done on the day, so my voice is really getting tired at the end of the day. Um, but, um, I mean, are, are those teams not going to be frustrated for losing, for losing a home game, that gate and all that type of stuff? How much money are they going to have to be reimbursed to be okay with going to play in a game in Mexico? I, I just... I don't know. I, I don't. I think that's a little bit weird. And one idea that he is that they also talked about at spring meetings for the Big Twelve uh, from a new commissioner, Brett Yormick, that I think is a great idea: a conference-wide pro day. I think that'd be so neat. I think uh, there'd be a lot of guys there, but I think that would be really, really cool: a conference-wide pro day, kind of like a mini NFL Combine. I think that would be really, really cool. So. Would you be in favor of some of that stuff? What about in-game interviews, trying to modernize a television broadcast? Would you like it? Would you hate it? If you're like me, if it's two teams you don't care about, sure, don't care. Um, if it's your team, get that crap out of here. That's why, like, when I'm watching the Braves, can't stand when they're on national television. Can't stand it. I, I, might, I might like the broadcasters and everything, but even though they're good at their jobs, they don't know my team like I know my team. You guys listen to Lockdown Vols. You know more about the Vols than any other Tennessee fan, in my opinion. Because why? You consume it every single day. I am talking. I am shouting. And we are engaging. We are discussing. And we're going through some stuff. 30 minutes every single day. It's all Tennessee volunteers. You are more knowledgeable than those other people, than fellow Tennessee fans who might not consume the show. And that's no, that's not me. That's not, that's not anything with me. I'm just saying that we do this together every single day. Um, so, you know, you know, your team, you, you want to be, you want to be slowed down third Saturday in October with all this hoopla going on the television, these in-game interviews and all that type of stuff. Just show me the game, be quiet. But if it's other teams, I don't care. So pretty decisive over that. What say you, um, would love to hear your guys' thoughts, your comments on that, on any of this CBS sports, Barrett Lee overreactions, leaving spring practice around the sec, some good stuff there, how it relates to the university of Tennessee and the Big 12 looking to modernize TV broadcast. What if the SEC did that? Curious to hear your thoughts. At underscore Kaner, at Locked On Balls. Leave comments here on the YouTube channel. Guys, I appreciate you as always for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. You everydayers, y'all are the best. I'll see you back here tomorrow. If you're not an everydayer, come back tomorrow. You'll figure out what an everydayer is. Appreciate you guys. This is Locked On Balls. <laughs>